This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist Rite 2 for December 10th, 2023.
Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to Church of the Redeemer. Uh, it is such a joy. It's a privilege to have the opportunity to worship with you today. I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. It's a special joy to have you with us. And I want to welcome those who are joining us on our live stream. We're so grateful that you could join us in this way. If you'd like to get to know a little bit more about Church of the Redeemer, you can go to our website, redeemer-cincy.org. That's redeemer-cincy with a y.org. You can click on the About tab there, learn more about us, and uh, you can click on, uh, you can connect with us, email us, and tell us a little bit more about you so we can welcome you into this beloved community. Friends, I just have a few announcements before we begin today. Um, I think the first and most exciting announcement that I have is that today is our Christmas cookie exchange during the coffee hour, so please do join us for Christmas cookies after this service. If you forgot to bring cookies to exchange, come on, grace abounds. Just show up, go get some cookies, be with us. My daughter's made some peanut butter chocolate chip cookies. They'll be there. Get ready for that, and um, I'm excited about that. We also have, during the 10 o'clock hour, our family ministry team is hosting their first Christmas pageant meeting at 10 a.m. today. So right after this service, some of you can get some cookies and then you'll uh, hand your kids off to the Christmas pageant family ministry crew getting that together. So if you'd like to participate on Christmas Eve at the 4 p.m. service, uh, please check in with our family ministry folks right after this service. It's not too late to get them signed up. Speaking of which, I see my friend Tommy in the back and Tommy's going to be leading our kids, those who are preschool and elementary aged uh, kids who'd like to join him in the chapel for Donuts and Jesus. Both Donuts and Jesus are in the chapel waiting right now for you. And you can come back and you'll all be together again for communion. So go on and head back to Mr. Tommy right now, and then uh, we'll all be back together in a little bit. What else do I want to make sure you know about? I hope uh, we've got a few things coming up this week. This Wednesday, uh, December 13th, we will be Christmas caroling with our friends from ERS. Bus is picking up from the church here at 5.45 p.m. this Wednesday. So if you'd like to join us for Christmas caroling with our ERS friends, please do come and join us on that day. And then, you all know how, like, the rest of the world is singing Christmas carols and we're not because it's Advent? You know about that, right? How we do that? Yeah. Yeah, and we pretend that we're cooler than everybody else? I know, I know. And we're going to keep being like that during the services. Don't worry. We, we will stay cool. However... Next Sunday, not during the service, but in between services at the 10 o'clock hour, we are going to have a Christmas carol sing-along in the Great Hall. Not during a service, so it's totally legal. Um, but if you want to sing Christmas carols like the rest of the world, but we're not going to do it in the service, come join us next Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Great Hall, and we'll all get to sing Christmas carols together. I'm very excited about that. So you have not one, but two Christmas carol options this week with Church of the Redeemer, and I hope you'll consider that. I also hope you'll consider making a special Christmas flower gift in Thanksgiving or memory of a loved one. To give electronically, you can use the QR code in the back of your bulletin, or you can pick up one of the flower envelopes in the narthex. One last thing. If you were here last week, you heard me say this already. I'm going to say it again. I want to remind you that Christmas Eve is on a Sunday this year. And we are going to have our normal Christmas Eve services at 4, 7, and 10.30 on Christmas Eve, and we will not have services on Sunday morning. Please pray for our souls for not having a service on a Sunday morning. But when you pray for our souls, do it when you come and join us on Christmas Eve in the evening. 4, 7, and 10.30, we'd love to have you then. If you come in the morning, you might have other people around that also didn't get the memo, and you all can pray together, okay? But uh, we'll all be together on Christmas Eve, 4, 7, and 10.30, no morning services. These, my friends, 
are all the announcements that I plan to make today. I invite you please to stand as you are able so we can begin to worship together. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be our kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Together, Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Merciful God, who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation. Give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Isaiah. Comfort, oh, comfort ye my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. And I said, What shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep.
reading from the second letter of Peter. Do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sorts of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire? But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth, where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. 
Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locust and wild honey and proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. May I speak with fear, trembling truth, love, and grace in the name of God, the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. If you're wondering in the right place, I can assure you that you are so my name is Herschel. Um, I'm a new addition to the Redeemer family. And this has become very real to me in these recent days, not just in this moment as I stand here as today's preacher. It especially became real as I prayed and had the privilege and honor of standing in solidarity with you in sacramental spaces during last week's Eucharist celebration. It has also become very real in your warm and very real invitations, welcomes, and salutations. So who am I? So to reveal something about myself, I'd like to share a story. It is one that I believe relates to today's readings and several important themes of Advent. It is a story that centers on identity, God's promises, and repentance. Identity, God's promises, and repentance. So my story is a testimony. I believe it is one of good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. And it is good news for me, and I pray that it is good news for others. And if I didn't believe it was good news, I shouldn't be standing in this pulpit proclaiming it to you. But I am honored to share this testimony because it is one that has brought me here to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer on Erie Avenue in Cincinnati, Ohio. So my testimony is not a prescription, but an invitation to walk with me in continual response to the good news of Jesus Christ, and an invitation to claim, embrace, and live into the reality that the absolute ruler and real king in my life is Christ. My guess, my hope, is that you are here today because you believe 
or you are striving, you are hoping, or maybe even interested into living into that reality that Christ is king. So my story begins at a time of crisis. I had been a scientist for, since the age of 17. I lived it, I breathed it. One might even say that I made science the king of my life. Putting science at the center of my life was straightforward and gratifying. I was good at it. I was successful. Science and my achievements gave me value in the eyes of others and myself. Well, let me correct myself. It, I believe it gave me value. But as a result, my identity as a scientist became deeply ingrained and tightly held. And without a doubt, such an identity became an idol. So let's talk about identity. Identity, the concept and the, re and the reality is very complex. Simply put, our identities relate all things that define our unique personal selves. And I'm ill-equipped to explain all aspects that define identity in comprehensive terms, but I can tell you that our identities dictate our lives. What we value, who we value, governs our worldviews, our, our perceptions of others, including ourselves. Our identities dictate the decisions we make, how we move, exist, interact, and engage in the world. Deep connections between our identity, behavior, and activity in the world highlight the significance of our declaration of Christ being our king, and thus our identities as Christians and as disciples of Christ. My identity as a scientist was challenged over a decade ago. One would say that the Holy Spirit gently confronted me. That would be a very Episcopalian way to put it. However, it felt more like a bulldozer of love that disrupted my understanding of value, my value as a person, and my identity. I was forced into a state of disorientation and disarmed of a great deal of pride. I was sent into the wilderness. Being in such a state enabled repentance and reorientation. It also allowed me to allow Jesus to help me loosen my grip on my identity as a scientist, which allowed me to hear and heed to another calling on my life. I learned that repentance ignites a hope to live into God's promises, participate in God's mission, experience God's love through Christ, and share that love with others. I also learned that one's movement in the world and perceptions of self and others can be transformed drastically through repentance. So my journey continues, and I'd be lying to tell you if I told you that it is complete. And I'm grateful to be able to continue that journey here at Redeemer. So now to the text. Our text for the second week of Advent also accompany crisis. During the season of Advent, we are reminded that God entered the world amid crisis and struggle in the person of Jesus. We are also reminded that God remains present during crisis and struggle, 
However, both will cease upon the final defeat of all forces of evil when Jesus returns in glory. The evangelist wrote the Gospel of Mark specifically for those experiencing crisis and enduring extreme suffering and persecution at the hand of the Roman Empire. In the midst of their struggles and experiences of spiritual, psychological, and physical traumas, the Gospel reminded Christians of their true identity as defined by the one whom they identified as their true king and Jesus Christ. The one who brought salvation through his suffering and execution. The one who confronted the world's evil forces. The king who reorders the world. Not by settling scores with retribution, but instead by transforming his enemies with love and grace. By establishing Jesus' identity, the evangelist invites others to assume and live into their identities as followers and disciples of Christ and to live into the hopes and promises of, that God has not forgotten nor despises the world, but has and is redeeming it. The invitation put forth by the evangelist is timeless and has remained through the ages and is placed before us today. However, the ravages of empire remain. We as Americans living in what we call the greatest and most powerful nation on earth must be honest with ourselves regarding the empire status of America. Whether or not we created the American empire, we inherited it. We participate in it. We often collude with it, and some even take pride in it. However, let me be clear. Empire is not a friend of anyone. This statement does not denounce America or Americans because there are good, even great things to like and love about this country. However, I will repeat it. Empire is not a friend of anyone. Empire does not strive towards the well-being and thriving of every created life. Empire puts wealth, resources, knowledge, comfort, and God's abundance in the hands of a few, while others live lives of insecurity, uncertainty, misery, and hopelessness. An empire of human beings are nothing but a form of commodity, and high value is placed on materiality, military force, and war. Empire distorts our understanding of peace, of order, and of happiness. And sadly, empire places more value on the lives of some and less on others. An empire makes our neighbors other. Importantly, swimming in the waters of empire put our identities as Christians in jeopardy. It is at odds with our proclamation of Christ being our true king. It is also at odds with every one of us living into the promises of God and people becoming who God created us to be. 
Instead of holding most firmly to our Christian identities, empire encourages us to hold on tightly to, even idolize identities of race, of nationality, ethnicity, gender, physical ability, political affiliations, political ideologies, political leaders, economic and social status. The fallout has been, is, and will continue to be enormous. We now live in a world that is more divided and volatile than ever. We have become a people driven by fear, greed, self-preservation, instead of ones motivated by love, hope, generosity, and grace. But all is not lost. All is not lost in this fight that is bigger than any one of us because we have the promises of God and we have a king named Jesus. You can say amen right there, I say, amen. <laughs> Interestingly, the gospel of Mark doesn't begin with an origin, an origin story of Jesus. Instead, the evangelist begins with a message of hope, a message of the beginning of the fulfillment of God's promise of deliverance of humanity from the forces of evil and death through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. It is also a message that situates Jesus in God's continuous and new activity in the world. God's good news through Jesus had been in the making for a long time, as was God's will and desire to make this good news of deliverance available to all people through someone who prepared the way for the Lord. This preparation came through repentance with God's help by way of John the Baptist. John's announcement of repentance did not occur in the town square, under an ark of triumph, or in the halls of the Senate, or even in the temple it was shouted in the wilderness by a shocking and countercultural individual who let the people know that the world was about to be turned on its head by a person by the name of Jesus. Jesus was going to baptize people with the Holy Spirit, our advocate, who orients our hearts and our identities towards a new type of king, one that brings peace, healing, wholeness, and love. I hope as we continue in this season of Advent, we remember John's invitation to repentance. A repentance not of shame, but one of hope that we hold in God's promises. It is also my hope that in our postures of repentance, we journey into our own wildernesses, away from the hustle and bustle of the world, away from the inclinations of empire, where we can look to Jesus for help to loosen our holds on aspects of our identities and dispel allegiances that challenge our Christian identities, that live into God's promises, that proclaim Jesus as the true king, that participate actively and joyfully in the mission of God. I'd like to finish with 
a statement of God's promises found in Isaiah 42. I, the Lord, have called you into righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people, a light for the Gentiles to open the eyes that are blind, to free the captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. And let the church say, Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able and proclaim our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten and not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, she is worshipped and glorified. She has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. God of the prophets, give your church courage to speak truth and to tell of your love. God of the angels, Give your church voice to proclaim your presence in the world. Liberate us and help us to speak peace throughout the earth. Hear us and help us, God of the angels. God of Mary and Elizabeth, 
Give your church grace to be pregnant with hope and to bring forth new life for a barren world. God of Zechariah and Joseph, give your church dreams and visions and the courage to follow them. God of the shepherds, give your church the words to tell what we've seen. God of the Magi, give your church gifts and the will to leave home to find you among the poor. God of freedom, call your church to stand against racism and violence. God of all creation, we give thanks for the blessings of this life, especially the marriage of Molly Babb and Alan, Adam Cleaver. Give us joyful hearts and compassionate eyes with which to see your world. We pray for your church around the world, for this community, and for our Bishop Wayne and our Bishop-elect Kristen. Those around the world affected by war and conflict, especially the victims of the wars in Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, Uganda, and Sudan. Those around the world affected by disaster. Those impacted in the last week by gun violence, especially those victims in our country throughout the past week in Lexington, North Carolina, Chicago, Illinois, Las Vegas, Nevada, Macomb, Mississippi, Aurora, Colorado, Fresno, California, Cleveland, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Houston, Texas, Dallas, Texas, Lugoff, South Carolina, Austin, Texas, and Las Vegas, Nevada. We pray for the sick, especially Andrew Banerjee, Reverend Richard Elberfeld, Jr., Ryan Patel, Paul Rogers, Gary Lubin, Presiding Bishop Michael Curry. For those who have died, and for those we now name either silently or aloud. God of the heavens and earth, God, you are always coming into the world. Come to us now, soon and forever, and let us receive you as the child of holiness and wind of change, through whom this day we pray. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. 
Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand if you are able. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And now it is time for our communion. Let us with gladness present the offerings and oblations of our life and labor to the Lord.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because you sent your beloved Son to redeem us from sin and death and to make us heirs in him of everlasting life, that when he shall come again in power and great triumph to judge the world, we may without shame or fear rejoice to behold his appearing. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you have made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your words spoken through the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus, your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory. And we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ and bring us to that heavenly country where with all your saints we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. 
by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace, and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart, through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may Christ, whose second coming with power and great glory we await, make you steadfast in faith, joyful in hope, and constant in love. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.
my friends in Christ, our worship has ended and our service to the world begins. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.